Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. All right, well, there's some uh, news in the world, to say the least, obviously. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We also have, of course, the Phils getting ready for game number three tomorrow against Atlanta. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So for all of these things, let us turn our attention to our friend, Dr. Victoria Coates, Philadelphia's own Dr. Victoria Coates, who, of course is a former deputy national security advisor for President Trump and vice president of the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. First thing I want to ask you about is uh, we won game one. We lost last night. How are we going to do tomorrow night? Oh, I, I feel pretty good. We got Aaron on the on the mound. And, you know, as I was texting with a, a buddy of mine who works for the Phillies after the mighty victory in the first game, just, you know, thanking them. I mean, we need to go on with our lives, even with incredibly difficult things going on. And, you know, that team has brought us all so much joy. So I feel good. I mean, Atlanta's obviously very tough, but I think the Phillies wanted to give us two home games uh, in this series. And so hopefully they will be, be strong and, and get, get out there behind, behind Knowles tomorrow and bring us another victory. And his wife, uh, his wife just announced they're having a baby, huh? They did after the after the win or the, I guess after the clinch he was holding a little cute jean jacket that said "Daddy" on it. So so it's a good year for Knowles. He's a nice guy. My wife and I met him at Kyle Schwarber's event, uh, which Kyle Schwarber was raising money for the cops, and uh, Nola was very very gracious with his time, taking pictures with everybody. Really nice guy. So yeah, I'm feeling good too. We need it. The game's at five o'clock tomorrow, uh, but we we need this because honestly, the the news <laughs> in the world is obviously incredibly depressing. Doctor Victoria Coates. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a rough weekend. I mean, to wake up Saturday to the ongoing attacks in Israel uh, out of out of Gaza by the Hamas Iran sponsored terrorists, uh, it just got worse and worse in, in its spiral. And and there are you know many legitimate questions to be answered that will have to be answered down the road. But right now, what we've got to do is get a handle on how many Americans were killed and how many Americans are hostage. And the numbers this afternoon. The, the 
Americans who have died is, is growing uh, around 15 now. And I think they've, they've realized there are 20 folks they can't account for. So th- this is, you know, very much a, a, an immediate problem for America. This is not some abstract different thing, you know, d- d- distant rather thing. It's something that really does impact our citizens directly, uh, as well as obviously having a huge impact on our, our great ally, Israel. And we have a lot of Americans in Israel. I mean, that's just the, the that's the truth. Obviously, the situation there are people trying to get out. And I think they're saying now there's no more flights out of Tel Aviv. Have they stopped those? They, they've paused them several times. Uh, and I don't know, you know, they, they do that on a case by case security basis of what what the threat is primarily from Lebanon uh, to, to the airport. So that that we'll have to see. But the one other thing that I don't have clarity on uh, is, are they counting dual U.S. Israeli citizens in in those numbers? Because a couple, I mean, something around three, four percent of Israelis have dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. So that's going to have to be a fairly significant number as well. Uh, and something we'll have to take into consideration. All right. First of all, how, how the hell does this happen? I mean, how, how does Israel get caught off guard like this? Because I, they know that there's always the threat from Hamas. They know that they're, they're crazy fanatics that want to destroy the country. So that's the first question. How does this happen? Now, unfortunately, it happens by one of the oldest of human traits, which is complacency. Uh, I think both the United States and the Israeli intelligence communities got very used to thinking they were sure they knew what was going on in Gaza and that they had exquisite visibility into uh, into their activities and communications. And what Hamas apparently did was go low tech. They started only communicating by written notes delivered by guys on scooters kind of a thing. So there was no record to be surveilled, no digital record. And that's how they did this this planning. And then the other piece of this, which unfortunately is uh, somewhat on our own administration, is Iran has been accruing tens upon tens of millions of dollars over the last two and a half years through oil sales to China, primarily. They have other customers, but the bulk goes to China. The Biden administration stopped enforcing sanctions on those sales. We got them down close to uh, 300,000 barrels a day during the Trump administration by very aggressively enforcing sanctions. Uh, And the Iranians are selling more than a million barrels a day now to China alone. So that has been the funding stream over the last two and a half years that has built back up their coffers. Their foreign currency reserves, for example, have gone from $4 billion, which is almost the verge of default, to $70 billion. So they're nice and comfortable and they've got money in the bank. And what did they do with this money? I think the Biden administration was hoping they were going to act in good faith and be good negotiating partners for a new nuclear deal. But no, they poured it into the planning for this just spectacularly savage attack on on israel which was also an attack by extension on the united states the white house is saying that there's no proof iran did it and at the same time saying that iran is the biggest sponsor of hamas it's it's sad to watch i mean the iranians told the wall street journal over the weekend that they were involved in the planning equipping training uh, funding and then finally the the execution of this of this act. Uh, one of the Wall Street Journal's sources was a high placed IRGC uh, officer in the Iranian military. So they're they're saying it openly. Uh, the the supreme leader celebrated on Twitter uh, that that so many Jews had been killed. And you know the administration is 
bending over backwards to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, with so many Americans dead and hostage, that that just, to me, that it, it makes no sense. I mean, I think Iran is clearly culpable for this. They're the ones who spun up Hamas to this just extraordinary degree, because this, this was not some normal, not it, that it would be normal, but some kind of almost understandable military operation. I mean, this was just brute savagery. Yeah. And, you know, the videos, I don't want to encourage people to watch them. I feel like I had to. It's, I mean, this is the first time, I mean, really, we've had some of it with ISIS, but on this scale to have this kind of violence, you know, in, in, in great detail. And, you know, they didn't just want to kill Jews. They wanted to torture them and humiliate them and make them suffer before they died. And now they're prolonging the suffering of the hostages. It's, it's really atrocious. And, you know, it, it, to, to try to say the Iranians didn't have a hand in that, you know, just I, in my opinion, just puts the American people further at risk because you're, you're underestimating the threat. Why? I, I, I mean, there are people coming in in hang gliders and this is a, this is a, mm-hmm. kind of a, a low thing. Egypt has is saying to Israel right now not to take disproportionate action. There, there's all these accounts out there that that Egypt was 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 warning. I guess there's a story right now that they refute reports that Egypt warned of the Hamas attack in advance. Israel's refuting those reports, saying that's not true. Egypt did not tell us that. The Egypt Egypt intelligence official says Israel ignored their warnings of something big happening. That's for the Times of Israel's reporting. What is what's what's that all about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting relationship. And General Camel, who's the Egyptian uh, it, official in, in question, has been the head of, of President al-Sisi's uh, intelligence apparatus for, for many years. And I used to meet with him when I went to to Cairo. He was always pretty informative. Uh, and there is a security relationship between Egypt and and Israel, which is, which is strong. Uh, but in this case, I just can't imagine if a clear message was delivered that on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, you know, that that Hamas is planning something huge, that you wouldn't have at least checked that out. So I don't I don't know what's true there, but it's it's just hard for me to believe the Israelis would have would have ignored that from a trusted interlocutor like General Camel. It just seems like Netanyahu would not. I mean, and maybe somebody else, but not him, you know? Right. I, I just that's what I find surprising. I mean, who knows? I mean, this was a spectacular failure on both our parts and on the Israelis. So who who knows what will come out? But right now, I find that difficult to believe from my experience. I, mean, I, I you know, I have a friend who was in the Israeli military. And the, the fact that this occurred on a, on on this holiday, that also can't be lost on people here. I mean, it's like it, it is the equivalent of the United States of America getting attacked on on Christmas morning. I mean, it's 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 that significant. And you know, if there were warnings that were ignored by people within the Israeli military or the Israeli government, I mean, all that has to come out, of course, obviously. But if 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 Egypt's saying we warned you, Israel's rejecting this. Now, do we have to worry about? bad relations with Egypt because they are what I guess they're not an ally but they, they're kind of an ally I mean I don't, I don't really understand the whole where that where they stand in relation to the United States at this point 
Well, the, I mean, the relationship with Egypt can be a challenge. They are a very important ally to the United States. Uh, if for no other reason, look at the Suez Canal. I mean, that is right, such sure. an enormous strategic asset. And, you know, and it's something we need to be attentive to. And, uh, of course, Egypt was the first Arab country to make peace with Israel in 1979. That was a huge step for them. President Sadat paid with his life for that. Uh, so it was... You know, it, it, they have a long, a long history together. This sort of bickering can break out for all sorts of reasons. You know, in a crisis situation, uh, you know, there could be some CYA going on, uh, and that can be on several different fronts, because obviously the blame for this will be devastatingly heavy. And if, you know, you could come up with all sorts of, of scenarios, you know, if Egypt did know and they didn't tell them, or they, you know, someone low down said, "Hey, I think this is possible," and somebody up high said, "I don't think that's that's true." You know, then then they would have a vested interest in putting out a story like this. Uh, so I think we ha- we'll have to wait and see on that one. But but there's this, this is not exactly unexpected. Now, when you were in the White House, Dr. Victoria Coates, and, and I'm grateful for your time today. Obviously, you're you're busy. You are a, a sought after advisor, vice president of the Davis Institute for. National Security and Foreign Policy at the Heritage Foundation. I remember when Jared Kushner came on the show. It was one of the highlights of, uh, of, of, of COVID, you know, 2020, when the Abraham Accords had finally been reached. And we had some, mm-hmm. uh, some real good news here. So back us up here. I mean, I, you know, you have the cackling hens on the view, almost celebrating the fact that the Abraham Accords were, in their words, a failure. I, I don't think that's accurate to say it that way. No, I mean, and, and they're just, I mean, they don't like peace. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with those women. I don't know why they can't just see things that are good for, for humanity. And my colleague here at uh, at Heritage, Rob Greenway, um, who was, was my deputy on the NSC, had a viral tweet today. He was actually retweeting Secretary Pompeo, but he could have been retweeting Jared, but Jared doesn't tweet. Um, right. But, you know, and, and what Rob said was, you know, we moved the embassy. We declared Golan uh, sovereign Israeli territory, you know, just went down, you know, eliminated Soleimani, uh, all the list of the things we did in the Middle East that we were told were going to bring this kind of response. And none of them did, because even the bad guys respected the president and his ability to order, you know, decisive action if Americans were caught. And if you needed proof of that, that's what Qasem Soleimani was. So, so, None of this happened under our watch. And, you know, our successors are very fond of referring to us as ignorant and rubes who did more damage and don't understand the, the niceties of diplomatic protocols. But guess what? This happened on their watch. And this is this is their third their third major catastrophe. I was thinking today they've had one a year. They had Afghanistan in 2001. They had the invasion of Ukraine in 2002, and now the attack on Israel in 2003. And quite frankly, Rich, it scares me to think about what's coming in 2004. It scares me, too, that when Trump was president, you know, the obviously, if and who knows if there were just actual plans or just the back of a menu at Mar-a-Lago, you know, this idea that the, these battle plans were drawn up for an invasion of Iran, which he said he was not going to go along with, he was not going to get us into World War Three here. You you already have people screaming about you know, you know Lindsey Graham and others. You know we got to we got to go and attack Iran. We got to attack Iran here. I, I you know I, I think people it's also lost on people that 
President Trump was not looking to start World War III with Iran. He wanted to keep them at bay. Killing Soleimani, a lot of people were very nervous that that was going to trigger it. To your point, it did not. But, you know, the, the drums of war here are, are beating furiously in the last 48 hours. Oh, yeah. And it's the same people who want to get us further enmeshed in Ukraine. Right. And, you know, my feeling is that, you know, I certainly don't want to go to war with Iran either. You know, that's not in my best interest. But I also we can't tolerate this happening again. Uh, and the problem Senator Graham has is he can scream and yell that he thinks that that we should attack Iran all he wants. He can pass resolutions to that effect. He can even uh, suggest appropriating money for the effort or, or preemptively author a, a, a authorization for mil- the use of military force, which is currently not in place for Iran. He can do all those things, but he can't make the commander in chief execute them. So even if I thought it was a good idea to retaliate against Iran with a president who won't even use the word Iran in his the remarks he finally gave today never came up. Uh, I guess Hamas just magically developed this capability all on their own while locked in a two mile enclave in, in you know, on the Mediterranean uh, from his perspective. So it really is unhelpful for someone like Lindsey Graham to engage in this very hot rhetoric that he has no capability of backing up. And all he'll do is give Biden cover for his bad behavior. The other problem, you mentioned this, too, are the same voices who want to get us further entrenched in Ukraine. I, we have to wonder about China. Do they make any moves now into Taiwan, considering their alliances with Iran, as you pointed out earlier in the interview, regarding how much oil that Iran has sold China? I mean, we're getting very spread thin here around around the world, and it, it's it's making people nervous, <laughs> clearly, to, to say the least. That's making me nervous. But, I mean, I think that's where those of us who have been somewhat skeptical of the, the Ukraine uh, engagement have you know, th- this has been our point all along. You, you, the the NATO allies expect the U.S. to take the lead on Ukraine, and, and Biden has obliged, knowing all the time that something like this was possible in the Middle East. They have a history in this department. Yeah. Couldn't have predicted this specifically, but it could have been something else. Uh, so this now has happened. How many wealthy Europeans do you think are going to start pledging, you know, tens of billions of dollars to Israel? They're not. Uh, if they won't do it for a war in their, on their own continent, they're not going to do it for Israel because they're all pretty anti-Israel anyway. And while Israel does have some wealthy neighbors, as, as I think everyone's noticed, they're also unlikely to contribute to Israel's defenses. So, you know, it's, it's Israel and America or Israel alone. And that's a reality that's very different from the reality in Ukraine. And, and by allowing this dependency in Europe to develop and not driving a real hard bargain with them for what they needed to contribute so we could keep our powder dry for other conflicts. You know, what does it look like now? If we've got to resupply both Israel and Ukraine, are we going to be deciding who gets the bullets and who doesn't? Because we, we, we stretched ourselves so thin. And then, as you said, God forbid, Xi decides that's his moment to take a bite out of Taiwan. Who's going to help us with that? Certainly not the Europeans. And also, too, how worried should we be about the fact that I think they said today 150 people on the terror watch list were caught at the border? So those are the ones we know about at our border. I mean, how, how worried should we be about the opportunity for lone wolf attacks and, and that sort of thing? I mean, I would think that this would, you know, if I hate America, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity to let every, to, to join my 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 martyrdom. 
Yeah, this is another thing the president said in his remarks today that, oh, he's talked to local law enforcement and beefed up uh, our our law enforcement presence uh, and FBI presence to prevent terrorist attacks. Well, guess why there would be terrorist attacks? Because of all those people uh, that have come surging across the border, you know, hundreds from Iran, hundreds from Syria, hundreds from Yemen. Uh, I, I was just at an event with our the director of our border uh, group that, that works for me, and she just went through the numbers, and everybody's jaw dropped. And if you watch these protests, the pro-Palestinian protests that happened, one happened in Philadelphia. Thursday's going to be a day of, of solidarity on all major campuses, I'm sure Penn included, mm-hmm. with the Pal- not with the Israelis, with the Palestinians. Uh, they are literally showing us they are here. And I think making the not-too-subtle point that if the United States escalates support of Israel, they're here. They've come across the border. They're oh. protesting and open. They're, so, they're self-selecting. They're showing themselves to, to frighten us. And this was all because of Biden's border policy. I guess it's good we've been spending so much of our domestic uh, spying on people with Betsy Ross flags and, you know, uh, <laughs> NRA shirts. All right, last question for you before I let you go. Where does Saudi Arabia fit into all this? Yeah, it's 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 sad uh, because we were getting pretty close to at least the outlines of an Israel-Saudi deal. And, and in terms of Israel's security in the region, you know, that's that's the big one. Because if, if the Saudis are able to get to yes, you know, they, nobody else really matters at that point, except maybe the Iranians and they're not getting to yes. So I do think that's why this happened now. I think, you know, the, those interviews on Fox, I'm not blaming Fox for this at all. Uh, I thought the interviews with Mohammed bin Salman and, and Prime Minister Netanyahu were incredible and encouraging and brave for both men, men to do. But I think watching that progress uh, was what, what finally triggered the Iranians, because mm-hmm. makes, that makes their lives hell. So my hope is, you know, obviously those plans will be on pause for a period of time, but that we don't let the Iranians win that one and that we get back to it. And whether it's this administration or a, a new administration, we get that done in the next couple of years. I know I said last question, but I got to then just follow up on that <laughs> point. So sorry. But uh, so Saudi Arabia, Israel forming a historic alliance here. They're having interviews with Brett Baer, Fox News. I mean, all this is, is going on. Iran gets really perturbed here. What is the the Iran Saudi Arabia? Where do they stand together? Well, there there was a kind of a, a weird deal that was brokered by China on Yemen uh, a couple of months ago, and you know the Saudis have been quite frank about that. They they took the deal because the deal was on the table. They needed to make progress on Yemen, and the United States was completely disengaged. So you know historically. They, they can't be friends. I mean, the, the whole existence of the Islamic Republic of Iran is predicated on their, their statement, which is in one of their foundational documents that the House of Saud is not a legitimate custodian of the two mosques, which is the whole raison d'etre for the House of Saud. So with Iran, you know, publicly dedicated to overthrowing the government of Saudi Arabia, it's hard for me to see how they become actual friends. And it is even possible that this attack was so grotesque and, and, and so horrifying that, you know, it, it, it would provoke Saudi action at some at some level. I don't know what that looks like, but it's it's possible. So a lot to watch in that space. 
Dr. Victoria Coates, uh, let's hope uh, we have a great game tomorrow night so we, we can at least take our mind off of this for 10 minutes or so. Always appreciate it, my friend. You really, you, you, your, your insight and your, and your uh, institutional wisdom on this stuff is, is, is the best. So thank you. Thank you, Rich. Take care. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All right, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, Dr. Mike Venaria, my friend, my dentist, great guy, great friend of the show, the master of dental implants. He really is. And I've been telling you about a very special office and staff. I've also told you how he stands with our veterans. Well, mark your calendar because on Saturday, November 11th, Veterans Day, Dr. Mike is having his annual Veterans Breakfast and Free Shredding event coming up. Uh, It's actually on Veterans Day this year. So free shredding of whatever important documents you want to get rid of. He also he's going to have coffee, cake, donuts, pizza. We'll salute our veterans and say thank you to them. And when it comes to your dental care, there's no one better. Really, truly, honestly, people travel all over for his work. It's why he's been named top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years, 10 consecutive years. Great guy. My, I go to him. Bridget goes to him. Reagan, Patrick, Claire go to him. Of course, Mama Zioli discovered him. Two offices to serve you right over the bridge in Cinnaminson and Woodbury. So schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. All right? Just call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020. Or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A. My buddy, my friend, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right. Let's switch gears to um, Hunter Biden's corruption, shall we, or Joe Biden's corruption for a moment. Because I, 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 I'm really a mad. This story that came out today about these emails is a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. Welcome back, 855-839-1210, if you'd like to weigh in. So then-Vice President Joe Biden's office exchanged 20,000 emails with Hunter Biden's investment firm, Rosemont Seneca. This is according to a FOIA request that came out today, Tuesday, Tuesday, today. The emails call into question President Biden's repeated claims that he never discussed business with his son. Former Hunter Biden business associate Devin Archer previously testified that then-Vice President Biden joined at least 20 phone calls and or in-person meetings with Hunter's foreign business associates during their time working together. 
He explained that access to the vice president served as the selling point of the Biden brand that allowed he and Hunter several lucrative financial opportunities, including joining the board of Burisma. At the time, Burisma's founder and CEO, Mykola Zlochevsky, was being investigated by Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin, whom, of course, Biden would then brag about having fired. You remember that video when he came out there? Well, this son of a gun. Of course, he said the B word. Got him fired. The Biden family and its business associates received millions of dollars from oligarchs in Russia, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine while Joe Biden was vice president, according to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee. The committee says it has identified more than $20 million in payments from foreign sources to the Biden family and their business associates. Those foreign sources include Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, China, and Romania. Don't forget the Romanians and all this, obviously. The foreign funds were sent to accounts tied to Archer that used the Rosemont Seneca name and were then doled out in incremental payments to Hunter Biden. Now, then the committee looking into this suggested this was an attempt to hide the source and size of its payments. Well, duh, of course it was. Absolutely it was. Also, all of this came out because of a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. In other words, it's not because the Department of Justice got to the bottom of this. Remember, the deal with Hunter, the whole thing was to cover all this up. That was the whole point of the thing that you never call a sweetheart deal. As I told you, it was not a sweetheart deal. It was, oh, by the way, Boeing is going to deliver a thousand smart bombs to Israel. So that is according to, that's the Chiron and Fox News right now. So this, this whole thing could get very, very ugly very, very fast. Let me return to this for a moment here. Uh, Freedom of Information Act request to get to the bottom of these emails. The whole thing with the immunity deal, the end all immunity deals with Hunter Biden was was to turn around and basically say, look, we're going to make it all go away under the guise of a gun charge. This way, we never have to connect anything back to the old man. And at the same time, we can turn around and say to the House Oversight Committee, you know, go, go, uh, go screw yourselves because we're it's an ongoing investigation. So we don't have to give you anything. All right. But the Freedom of Information Act request got all these emails. 20,000 of them. The Biden family and its business associates created a complicated web of more than 20 companies, according to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, a system that Republican lawmakers say that was meant to conceal money received from foreign nationals. At least nine Biden family members received payments including, of course, Hunter Biden and brother James Biden. America First Legal, which is headed by former Trump advisor Stephen Miller, filed three FOIA requests to the National Archives and Records Administration in August of 2022. Now, they wanted these records related to Hunter Biden and James Biden's business dealings. Initially, National Archives said, go screw yourself. We're not giving you anything. They said, "Uh, listen, it's going to require seven years. This is what they said. Seven years of processing at a rate of 1,250 pages a month. So they said, well, by the time we do all that, Biden's going to be dead anyway, so what are you worried about? I mean, that was the goal here, obviously, of the National Archives. National Archives said, whoa, listen, I mean, who's got that much time on their hands and trees and whatnot? That's for you, old warrior. So they said, we're not going to do this. And Biden's not going to be president then. But then America First Legal went back to court to say, Give me a break. Make your honor. Please make them follow up. This is a Freedom of Information Act request. Make them do it. 
The America First Legal and the National Archives and Records Administration filed a joint status report on Friday in the case. The report revealed that then-Vice President Biden's office also exchanged 4,200 emails with Hunter Biden and 1,700 emails with then-Vice President Biden's brother, Jim Biden. The update comes one month after House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer sent a letter to the National Archives on requesting, quote, unrestricted special access to communications between the office of then-Vice President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on his business associates. Now, the letter requests unredacted copies of the documents included in their records on Hunter Biden, James Biden, and their foreign business dealings file, which, as you can imagine, is a very, very big file. This is a lot of stuff in there, including December 4th, 2015, an email in which longtime Biden family business associate Eric Schwerin sent quotes to Biden's then communications director, Kate Bedingfield, that he said the White House should use in response to the media who are looking into Hunter Biden's role on the board of Burisma. Bettingfield responded hours after saying, quote, VP signed off on this. Don't you think, how dumb are these people? Like, pick up the freaking phone. And, and why would you put all this in writing? But you know why? Arrogance. That's why. Arrogance and hubris. That's why they do it. They put it in writing because they think nothing's going to happen to them. They think they're going to get away with it. And, whoa, they almost did. They almost did. And they still might. But at least politically now, the House Republicans are pursuing all this. So there's that. And that's good. The timing of the email traffic is concerning to the committee. You have uh, this guy, Devin Archer, has his Burisma board of directors meeting in Dubai on the evening of December 4th, 2015, which is the middle of the day in D.C. Hunter Biden called D.C. to discuss pressure that Burisma asked him to relieve. And I don't think it's the kind of pressure that the prostitutes helped Hunter Biden relieve themselves in all those Las Vegas hotel rooms. I think it was a different kind of pressure. This pressure was a political pressure that, you know, this guy, Victor Shokin, is busting their chops and they want all that to go away. So Eric Schwerin's at this meeting in Dubai, which I hear is lovely that time of year. And he calls D.C. in the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden, the prosecutor winds up getting fired. Schwerin formerly served as a managing director of Rosemont Seneca Advisors, which is a now defunct, shocking, that Hunter couldn't keep a business going. I know, I'm as surprised as you are. Uh, a financial advisory firm, which Hunter Biden co-founded. Schwerin also worked in Hunter's lobbying firm, Oldacre. Oldacre, Biden, and Belair, which is the name of the firm, which sounds like a Bartles and James drink. Anyway, uh, he visited the White House and the Naval Observatory. That's where the vice president lives 36 times while Vice President Biden was vice president. Emails found at Hunter's abandoned laptop and reported by the New York Post show that Schwerin was deeply involved in the Biden family's finances, often moving money around for Hunter and his father. Now, there's a follow up to this. And the follow up is that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, knew that the Hunter Biden laptop story was real in the lead up to the 2020 election, according to FBI forms. This from the Daily Caller, another story that broke just a short time ago. The FBI knew the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop featured in Miranda Devine's New York Post reporting 
were real, according to a newly released FBI FD302 form summarizing the Bureau's interview with Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, our man, Tony B. The FBI interviewed Tony Bobolinsky on October 23rd, 2020, after the New York Post story contained emails from the Hunter Biden laptop in which Bobolinsky was copied on. The FD302 form says Bobolinsky told the FBI he knew the emails were legit and had records of the emails on multiple cell phones. According to the FBI's exhibit from the conversation with Anthony Tony Bobolinsky, cellular telephone number redacted was interviewed at the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Washington field office located at 601 4th Street, Northwest Washington, in October 23rd, 2020. Present for the interview were FBI Special Agent William Redacted and S.A. Garrett Redacted, who reported to the Washington field office at approximately 1 o'clock to meet Bobolinsky in response to a request for intake related to a walk-in complaint. Also present for the interview was counsel to Bobolinsky, Stephen Passatino. By the way, if you ever are sick at home. Positino will make you feel delicious. Oh, that's Pastina. Sorry. Anyway, the whole thing goes on. Bobolinsky was asked if he had recently been exposed to the COVID-19 virus. He was tested negative, so he was good. That's how they started things back then, if you remember. That was COVID back then. So that was first and foremost. It wasn't, hey, do you think the Hunter Biden laptop's real? It was, do you have COVID? It was October of 2020. Anyway, they get past all that, and then they 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 wound up going on that Bobolinsky, Bobolinsky, says, yeah, all this stuff is real. It's back up and all this stuff. I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge form revealing the conversation that happened in the FBI conversation with Bobolinsky. So the FBI knew it was all real. But don't forget, the FBI was the one who set the stage for big tech and the corporate media to turn around and go, the laptop is Russian disinformation. So we always knew the FBI knew it was real. The only thing is that this definitively proves it. But you know what else can prove it? is the fact that the FBI took possession of the laptop in 2019. That's when John Paul Mac Isaac of the Mac repair shop called the FBI and said, whoa, the things on this laptop, and I don't mean Hunter Biden doing cocaine off the backs of Russian hookers. I mean, the other stuff, real national security stuff. You boys in the FBI better come pick this up. And they did. They gave him receipt. They took it. So they knew it was real. But now we, we know again that they knew it was real. So we, we can now confirm again that it's real. Right. Exactly. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. More on this to come. More on everything to come. The speaker debate, debate is now intensifying with Israel at war. What will that mean for my man Jim Jordan, who I hope will get it? Hopefully Jim Jordan will still get the job as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Hopefully that's the way it's going to be. And what does RFK Jr. now officially announcing that he's running as an independent mean for both President Donald Trump's campaign, former Jimmy Matthews, former, take it easy, and also Joe Biden and or whomever the Democrats swap out for Joe Biden. Now, in the meantime, let me tell you about NJ Diet, because now's the time of year you got to start thinking about all those pounds everybody's going to start gaining. I was in the store today. I went to Wawa, not for their pizza, although I'm not opposed to it, just to try it, you know. But I saw that now they have these, I guess they're Reese's Pieces in Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You remember Matt DeSantis Reese's Pieces when when uh, the movie E.T.? You remember that? 
Uh, ah, you're too young. Uh, you remember that, Henry? I'm younger than him. Oh, the two of you. I, Why I know do Reese's I bother? Pieces, the, uh, pieces, yeah, I'm familiar with the candy. Fine. Do you know Reese's Pieces, the candy? Yeah, they're yes. very good. Do you also know what Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are? <laughs> yes. I'm familiar. Okay, yeah. now imagine Reese's Pieces in a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup in a giant peanut butter and chocolate conglomeration that will literally, I think, make you feel so good. I don't know uh, how I feel about I like that. it. Mix, right. Mixing textures together and everything. Mixing textures. You got creamy. You got chewy. It melts in your mouth, not in your hands, whatever it is. Anyway. <laughs> That's a uh, M&M, isn't it? I, probably. the candy shell. Everyone's got it. Everyone's got the shell now. Oh, and by the way, that tyrant in California, Gavin Newsom, is going to ban Skittles. He signed that law that's going to ban Skittles. Why? I didn't read into that. Do you know why? Yeah, because it's got some chemical in it that may kill you. Oh. So therefore, why should you have the right to, you know, right. buy it and kill yourself? Why should you have that right? Death by Skittles. Right. So... Uh, but don't worry, I got a guy. If you want Skittles, go to RichieSkittles at gmail.com, all right? I got a guy. He'll take care of you if you're in California. Don't worry about it. Because you know what else will kill you in California? Stepping on homeless poop, but that's not banned. Anyway, uh, the point is this. As now people are bulking up, you got Halloween. The holidays are right around the corner. It's your time to think about losing 40 days. Uh, 40, I'm assuming, losing 40 pounds in 40 days. That's right. 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds. 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds with NJ Diet. You will lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. They use your hair, saliva, and blood work along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat burning zone. So you can finally lose that weight. And the best part is you keep the weight off. And it's contractually guaranteed. You're fully supervised the entire time to make sure you are burning fat, not just losing water. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. Absolutely no shots, no hormones, no surgery. Locations are close by in King of Prussia, Newark, Delaware, and Cherry Hill. Just call 855-5NJ-DIET. 855-5NJ-DIET or go to njdiet.com. 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds with njdiet.com. You can do this. And NJ Diet can help. Guaranteed. njdiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Actually, I do want candy. You know, good choice of songs, by the way. And as my buddy Lee Provorsky just pointed something out, Gavin Newsom's going to ban Skittles. They're rainbow colored. That's They're rainbow. Why are you going to ban Skittles? They're rainbow. Everything's rainbow in California. It's a good point. I'll tell you something else, too. The big vegetable industrial complex is a scam. It really is. The whole thing's a scam. Eat your vegetables, the whole thing. Big vegetable. You want to elaborate here a little bit on that? Sure do. Let me tell you something. I have not had a vegetable in my entire life. Do you know that? What? Who are you, Al Michaels? Well, I was building up to that, but thank you oh, for I'm just sorry. jumping I in I didn't, and I, ruining I genuinely, the setup. I genuinely have no idea what you were talking <laughs> oh, about. Nice so. of you to read the show sheet. Yeah, good for I you to pay attention you, to what's on the sheet, <laughs> well, you know, what's in the audio, all that. That's great. Thank you for playing I along. I can't pull up Evernote over here. It's annoying. Uh, you can't pull up Evernote. It's printed out in front of you. In the those, sh- are in the, just, those are just sound bites. You, you print cut, this. You print this. You hand day. this to me before the show literally every day. That doesn't mean I read it. Cut 21. No, no, cut 20. Al Michaels reveals that he has never eaten a vegetable. Is it true that you have never knowingly eaten a vegetable in your life? That is true. That is true. I was born when my parents were 18 and my mother hadn't even read Dr. Spock at that point. So she just let me have 
the, the, the run of the, uh, of the course. And uh, I always push the vegetables away. To this day, no. And I guess what I've proven, Chris, is that man does not need vegetables to survive. But is it, is it just possible that you would like, I'm thinking of one of the more non-objectionable vegetables, a carrot? Oh, please. Please. A carrot? No, a carrot. No, that's an objectionable vegetable. <laughs> I mean, I was, really? What? I mean, how would you know? You've never tasted it. I look at it. I just don't even like the look of it. <laughs> and I surmise what it might taste like in terms of the texture of it. I think a lot of it probably has to do with it. just doesn't look like something that would go down well. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. I, I agree with him, by the way. And I, I, I hate vegetables. I really do. I don't I don't like them. I don't. You know, that's probably why I had diverticulitis and had to get surgery. <laughs> Fair enough. I know that that's what you're playing. You're saying there are literally people right now going, you had diverticulitis surgery. Now we know why, because you never eat vegetables. <laughs> so fine. I see your point. I'm with you and Al. Vegetables are disgusting. They're disgusting. I mean, really, a couple of them are good. I, I like, like. I actually really do like eggplant, but that's more of like only. I mean, when you do deep fried and put cheese on it, <laughs> that doesn't count. That does not how count does, as a vegetable. How, does, how, does you, how do you not like it? I mean, I made killer eggplant parmesan the other night. Killer, literally killer. Is that for you? Do you want to you want to answer that? Yeah, it's our our next guest. Oh, is our guest? He's calling it early. He's a little early. He's, He's a little early. I'm excited to talk to him, though. It's a great book. Mysterious case of Rudolf Diesel. Genius power and deception on the eve of World War One. This is a conspiracy that needs some uh, well, there's a lot of questions. It's a great it's a very, very it's fascinating. I started to read the book. Fascinating. We'll talk about that. But uh the point of this issue of food is because guys like Gavin Newsom who are tyrants. And I heard Dr. Marty McCarry say something very interesting on Dom Giordano's show today, that the scourge of the peanut allergy. There are a couple calls in my mind in my radio career that really stand out to me. One of them was years ago, I think some baseball park decided to ban peanuts. I mean, peanuts at a baseball park, they decided to ban them with the argument being that there are people with peanut allergies and that therefore just being outside in a park they, they could smell the peanuts and they could instantly go into shock and everything like this. And I said that was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. And the phones lit up. I had all these angry moms calling up to scream at me. I've had a lot of that lately, by the way, uh, calling up to scream at me about how I don't take peanut allergies seriously. I said, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, don't stop me from enjoying peanuts at a baseball game. I love eating peanuts. I eat peanuts all the time. I love them. And it turns out Dr. Marty McCarry said that the reason why we have this peanut allergy issue in America, you can thank the American Pediatric Academy, because years ago they gave the advice to people, never give your kids peanuts. And they told moms who were breastfeeding and pregnant moms not to eat peanuts. And he said, what happened as a consequence is there was no way for our body to get used to it. And so then consequently, you have this big outbreak of peanut allergies. In this country, but that was a manufactured allergy by the advice given by the American Pediatric Academy. I thought that that point that Dr. Marty McCarry said was fascinating. But uh, but I'm going to break a second early here because our guest is going to join us. And this is a fantastic book. You're going to want to hear it. But first, I want to tell you about my buddy, Tom Skopinich. If you are ever hurt in an accident, believe me when I tell you he is the man to fight for you. And it's all about having somebody who's going to fight for you. Well, you got to get what you deserve, and that's what Tom Skopinich does. If you're involved in an accident, you need a lawyer to help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value of your case. Please 
Do not assume the insurance companies are going to take care of you. Value your case fairly. Insurance companies are big businesses concerned with one thing, and that is their bottom line. You need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. Tom has been serving the greater Delaware Valley for over 25 years, and he's helped many clients. With offices located in Lansdale, Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, let Tom help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value for your case. You know, and what makes him stand out, all the billboard lawyers you see all the time, what makes him stand out is that prior to starting his own practice, Tom Skopinich used to work for and on behalf of insurance companies, which gives him a unique understanding of the strategies and tactics used by insurance companies when they are fighting your case. So contact Tom online at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, or call him at 215-624-2211. Licensed in PA and New Jersey, scopelawyer.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 